Hello and welcome to the ANA Marketing Futures Podcast, member of the ANA Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mike Burbridge. Today, we're talking about the evolution of a brand that's older than the United States itself. The U.S. Postal Service is turning 250 in 2025. And in addition to looking back at its illustrious history, we're taking a look into the future. Chris Karpenko, Executive Director of Brand Marketing at USPS, joined us to discuss the changes to direct mail marketing over the years, share some new innovations being rolled out by the company, and give us an idea of what the Postal Service could look like in five to ten years. Let's start the show. All right, everybody, we are back in the ANA Marketing Futures Podcast virtual studio, and I have a sneaking suspicion we're in for a really good time today. Uh, my guest today is Chris Karpenko, Executive Director of Brand Marketing for the United States Postal Service. Chris, thank you so much for being a guest on the pod. Hey, thanks for having me today. So let everybody in on the secret. Let everybody know what I know. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how your journey led you to become the Executive Director of the USPS. Well, it was kind of an interesting environment. I, I came to Washington, D.C. probably in 2013, and I was working on some projects for uh, for the group. Uh, I was running some of their employee engagement and, and uh, exhibit trade show world. And I got this opportunity to come over into the uh, uh, the brand team. We had a new CMO, and and she was putting some things together. And uh, uh, as she was putting those things together and creating a new brand platform, new new environment, uh, she uh, asked me to come over with her team. And uh, here I am today, doing lots of brand work, lots of cool cool work tied to messaging and tied to uh, telling a lot of good things about the postal service. Fantastic. And we're actually going to dive into a lot of that today. But I want to bring up, we're quickly approaching the 250-year anniversary of the United States Postal Service, which is coming up in 2025. Now, can you share a bit of the history of the Postal Service and its influence on the development of our country, in basically, as we know it? Yeah, it's, it's super cool. I mean, where can you go and you know be just around the corner of, of an entity that's uh, going to be 250 years old? The, the thing I, I found so intriguing about it is the Postal Service was created literally a year before the country was created. So when you think about it, our initial forefathers, you know, the leadership of our country created an infrastructure that they wanted to put together that would eventually help establish a foundation of our country in and of itself a year later. So it was this foundation was meant to, you know, put this environment where you know people could could set up their environment to communicate, right? As well as conduct commerce. The essence of it was to bind the nation. And you know, a year later we become, you know, a country. So, you know, in 2025, we're going to celebrate the 250th. And in 2026, we're we get to celebrate our country's 250th. So that's crazy. an amazing opportunity there to bind a country in so many different ways and, and the Postal Service be an initial part of that infrastructure. Commerce and communications, that really was the lifeblood to get us started. We really did need that to become these United States. Uh, so that's just so, so cool. So now that we've talked about the history, let's talk a little bit about the evolution. Direct mail has been a foundational part of the marketing mix for, let's say, 250 years. Let's talk about the evolution of direct mail marketing past its foundation of just direct offers and promotions. What changes have you observed in how direct mail marketing is used and which verticals are using it? Yeah, all great questions. So, you know, we, we look at, at mail. It's been around forever, even before the Postal Service back in, in the day over in Europe and in all our areas of the world. You know, mail has always had an opportunity to, to deliver 
I hate to use that pun, if you will, but oh but goodness. it is a uh, it is a uh, an opportunity for for folks to connect with others, and whether it's direct mail or a personal correspondence um, with a gift card, a greeting card. When we think of direct mail, we think of it as a uh, a connection with the brand and with our with our with their customers, and it's an individual individual or independent connection. It's one of those those things that it's personal. It doesn't necessarily get mass appeal. The person that ends up getting it in their mailbox and opening it up ends up seeing it in a one to one relationship, and that mm-hmm. relationship has stayed true with people for for many 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 years, and still to this day. And even with a, a this world of digital ecosystem that that we're that we're living in today, something that's physical still matters and still means something. Uh, we are seeing a lot of interesting things happen from a the the past year and a half or so of COVID. We saw media as a whole uh, really take uh, some enormous changes and shifts Absolutely. that were on there. So so when you, you think about uh, digital, digital uh, was still running hard, and and um, a lot of that investment was moved into digital because of the fragmentation of people not being at work and being at home and just trying to figure out how do you connect with those. All the other media channels, TV, radio, print, mail, as media channels all took what I would consider a, a downward sort of trend during that period of time. It was almost a reset moment for everybody. Yes. There was this uh, uh, report by Magna earlier in the year that that gave us a, a, a kind of a futures of where media was going. And uh, mail, like the other media channels, are all bouncing back. So we're seeing mm-hmm. things come back to this um, this level of normalcy that we're looking for. We're seeing mail come back not to uh, what we consider uh, last year's levels because they were quite low, or the the year before, which is higher, but something closer to the the year prior. And and what that's done is that said, hey, there's there's validity in in mail as a media channel. It works. And the other media channels are also seeing a bounce back too. So it's a, a sign of where the economy is potentially headed for us too. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think I feel like everything, but especially marketing is cyclical. I think that a new space opens up, a new shiny object appears. Marketers go all in, they go a little too far all in. And now consumers are kind of hearkening for something that they were familiar with that had calmed down in the in the time. And I've definitely seen that over the years that, um, receiving physical mail, even over the past decade, this isn't a, a hyper recent thing that the kind of joy of receiving that has been uh, on the uptick for some time. So that I'm glad to hear that it's coming back this quickly after such a hit that the entire world took last year. The other thing too, I, I'd also say is um, we've done some enhancements with it. So you've got this digital mm. world and you've got this physical aspect of it. And we even, we've actually played in the sandbox with the other media channels, right? So one channel is not better than another. So you've got TV, radio, print, social, digital, you know, search, all working along with mail in, in this, this sandbox, if you will, playing together, which, which is really the more you know, impressive and more uh, lucrative sort of approach uh, to, that makes it effective. The other part too is when we we look at some of the things that we've been doing with mail, we, we've got this this product that we call informed delivery. And informed delivery is this world of seeing your mail in a digital sense, right? We get we show digital imprints of your of your mail pieces. So the, mm-hmm. it comes in your it comes into your email. So you get the this this here's here's what's coming in your mail through your email. And all of a sudden you get later that day, all those pieces that come into your, to your mailbox. And, and what's really neat about that is it's starting to put the whole idea of physical and digital experiences into one. 
Uh, informed delivery subscribers now is well over 41 million. Oh, so when wow. you think about that, that's that's really impressive. If if we were a if we were a group in 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 Silicon Valley, if we were in Palo Alto, they'd be they'd be you know jumping all over the fact 41 million 41 users. Million. Yeah. So there's scale to that, and 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 what that allows us as as consumers is to actually get value and relevant value into where we're we're at during the day. So we're actually instead of going outside and checking the mailbox during the day, we're all off running around working. We're we're actually able to see images that are coming and then we were running off to our mailbox and picking them up. The advantage to the marketer or the brand is that there's this opportunity to now showcase your mail piece in this informed delivery platform. And then not only that, make it interactive. Mm. So all of a sudden now you've got the, the impression of the mail piece, which is physical, but you've also got a digital impression, which they saw in their email rate. And then um, you've got this, potentially you can take that digital impression in the email and you can actually make it interactive. That's cool. So that yeah. I can launch off into things. So you're starting to talk about a different sort of idea around mail just you know doubled and tripled its impression rate with potential customers, which brings potential loyalty and value and you know options of of partaking and you know um, you know buying and, and donating and things like that. So mm-hmm. it, it's really a nice way of of doing it. So mm-hmm. it's coming from the postal service. People trust it. It's relevant to the customer. They can open it up. They can look and see what's relevant to them, and then opt into, you know, really, you know, enjoying their experience a little bit better. I was about to say because that's a great anticipation payoff thing. That's just psychologically, humans love that double hit of like, oh, this is coming, and then the delivery of it. But yeah. the interactive element of the email. I mean, modern marketing is about taking a look at the entire journey and creating bridges from one thing to another. And I just can't think of a better physical to digital. That's a just a really, really great space for uh, USPS to find itself in. Yeah. And it, it, when you think about it, it's, it's, it's reinventing itself with what mail ends up being. And, and we really describe ourselves with mail as there's mail that in the sense of there's these letters and these magazines and flats, or if I use any postal terms, let me know. You know, and, and <laughs> the other part to it is mail is also considered packages. And when you mm-hmm. look at what we've done over the course of, of time, you've seen this huge growth in e-commerce and we've yeah. actually, you know, been able to help the country grow in that marketplace and grow with that consumer behavior so that when COVID hit, for example, most everything started to go home versus you going to a retail store, at least for that period of time. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And, and we've been able to, to, you know, help the country with delivering all of those things, regardless of which e-commerce company is, is, uh, is, is shipping with us. We're, we're, we're there to help. Yeah, absolutely. I can personally attest that the uh, the first floor of my apartment building over the pandemic became just a cornucopia of uh, uh, you know new treats, new uh, new um, ways to pass the time, new clothes, uh, all coming in from the United States Postal Service. So thanks for keeping the entire uh, building sane over the last eighteen months. <laughs> no problem. We're, we're, we're here to you know what? Uh, the, the, there's this there's this undertone of normalcy mm. that the postal service brings when there are large impactful moments for people. So when you think about natural disasters, mm-hmm. there's a hurricane down and over in Texas, there's an earthquake or, or fires over in California. The ability for the postal service, when you, when you look at coming out of your house and the roof's been ripped off and you're trying to figure out how to, how to get back to normal, when you start to see postal vehicles coming down the road, delivering your mail, you're starting to say, hey, Things are going to get back to normal, and and we help we help the country and we help the American people 
do that in, in a way that is ambiguous in so many ways. So informed delivery is one of the innovations that uh, the United States Postal Service uh, has been rolling out, but it is not the only one. Can we expect any in the near term, uh, any new innovations coming out that you want to kind of give us a sneak preview of, or maybe some that have happened in the last year or two? What's on and popping? What's new and exciting at the United States Postal Service? Gosh, well, we, we've got a bunch of different things that are new. This is where it just gets really exciting for us. We have implemented a 10-year strategic plan. A 10-year strategic plan calls about making a, an investment of growth and an investment in helping become not just, we've been, you know, we're going to be on 250 years of, of, of postal service history, but where are the next 250 years going to take us. And that, that plan talks about investment in infrastructure. That plan talks about ensuring that we're relevant for our customers and, and the American people, what we do for mail, what we do for packages, what we do for, for as far as technologies go. Um, so, so a lot of that delivering for America 10-year strategic plan is tied to how we're going to go forward with that. You may have heard we, we um, are going towards new vehicles. You know, that's a fairly large endeavor for us to replace the vehicles that we've had. Uh, those vehicles, for the most part that we've had, uh, are iconic. We call them LOVs, long life vehicles. Uh, they've probably stemmed from the, the the early to mid 80s. We're 2021. I was about to say that's we're 2021 uh... here. So, but you know, the, the nice part about it is it had some life to it, and it was uh, it lasted forever. And and uh, they are iconic in their own way. Uh, we are moving into a new new uh, vehicle environment. You know, they will have different uh, levels of functionality to it. Uh, you could see us doing different things within our our world of of data collection. What's interesting for me is, is looking at all the different things that, that we could do to even enhance things. Bad example would be uh, taking informed delivery users who want to opt in to wanting more information about certain things. We may be able to provide them with marketers and with other entities of relevant content and relevant information to them that, that they've opted in for. So it's, it becomes a, a platform that people still feel and find relevant for themselves as consumers, but also for marketers at the same time. Uh, we could take our, our infrastructure that we're currently out there every day, six if not seven days a week with, with all of our employees in our vehicles. And in theory, you could see us picking up data or information. So an example might be the one that we just announced recently, and, and that's with uh, testing the radio signals or cell phone hmm. signals in certain areas of the country so that we we're out there every day what better way to be traveling you know the course of millions of miles of, of roads every day than to pick up all of those radio signals and be able to say yes we actually you do get making this up five bars versus no bars and where yeah. do those things actually occur so the idea behind passable roads or or even uh roads that might be becoming cracked or deteriorating in some way Right, we're out there every day on them. You, you know, yeah. I can't think nice of another to, company that covers more ground. You know what I mean? And we're, we're it's it's a great infrastructure, right? Mm. It's, it's it's our last mile leverage, and I think this is where mm. the you know part of that strategic plan also comes into to play. Of it is our last mile that's our strength. We're in every community. We go to households and businesses every day, and we we we've got this relationship. It's a it's a personal relationship with with our with our customers, which is unique. You know, many other brands don't have that same sort of thing. But you, chances are, you know your carrier. Mm -hmm. okay. I, I, you know, I might ask you who your carrier is. I won't. You could say you know you know it's 
you know, John or Ann or, you know, and I, it, I, literally his name's John. I don't, I, I mean, it's, it's John, a, it's right, a pretty, I was like, I hope I'm not getting him in trouble, but I think John's, <laughs> a, you'd have, you'd have a bit of a challenge sorting through the Johns that work in New York city for the USPS. Well, we like to name all our carriers, John. So, so <laughs> is that what happened? No, so we're, 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 we're safe. We're safe. Yeah. On that. But, 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 you know, we, we, we've got this, this infrastructure. Why not take advantage of that infrastructure to help create a better environment for, for our customers and for the American people, whatever that might be. Just the ability to pull in data to help other state and federal municipalities uh, in improving roadways and or uh, efficiencies to help us all live our lives in a better way would be phenomenal. So, so we've got a lot of cool things that, that, that we're working towards on that. Our digital services group has been working on a bunch of things and, and, and looking at exploring different ways. I like to describe our engineering firm as our own mini Palo Alto. Mm -hmm. They do a ton of different experiments and ideations. If you're ever around sometime, I'll take you down and you can just see the different labs that we've got that, that test everything from the environments, putting things out there in physical locations to you know, how do we test, you know, how, how mail runs through a machine and, and, and scan to, you know, does, does a mailbox survive the winter? I honestly might take you up on that in 2022 when we get our uh, a little bit of travel back there. It's a quick yeah. train. It's a quick train. Quick yeah. Train. Hey, oh, I love DC. I have family in DC, but I think to see labs, I mean, I've only been treated a few times to see something like that, but it's always so fascinating to see the future in practice right now. It's it's just really, really cool. And I just wanted to, to touch on something that you were talking about. Uh, and I really do want to commend you and the United States Postal Service because thinking about how to use your platform for the good of society in a way that can also grow the business, that's kind of the sweet spot for the future. Um, a few episodes back, a guest of mine, Eric Joachim Staller, uh, who founded a, a, an agency called Vivaldi, he put out a book about how this kind of latest platform of modern marketing was for brands to see the platform that they already have, the digital platform in particular, and see how that can answer and address problems, not just by the market, but by society. And that that is really where the puck is headed. So just kudos to everybody involved in that. Uh, it reminds me a lot of how in recent years, probably the past five years, Ford has kind of re- examine their entire thing. It's like, well, we can't just be automobiles because that's like, we can't just have this little lane, pun probably intended. Now they're looking at mobility as a yeah. bigger, grander thing. And just to see that reflected uh, from the United States Postal Service, I just wanted to give thumbs up. I'm always a huge fan of, of people who really are looking at the future in a, in a genuine way. Well, well, appreciate that. You know, the, the, the 246 years, soon to be 250, has done a lot of that all along. So before you and I were ever here, when they first started that, that postal system, they needed post roads. They need roadways to get from mm. town to town to deliver their packages and mail and, and communication. So the country and the Postal Service created post roads, right? So you, you primarily see them up on the East Coast and, and such, right? Is, but, mm -hmm. but anything that's got a post road to it, you could, you could stop by or drive by and think, oh, yeah, that probably at one point carried mail for, for purpose, with purpose, right? Right. And it, right. It, it turned into the highways of today. Um, when you look at the, uh, the, the world of aviation, when the wars were over, they brought airplanes over and the Postal Service contracted out to have people carry mail in planes 
from point A to point B, you know, from DC. It started in DC and went to up to Long Island and Philly and and such for some of the first runs. And what was interesting about that is as it became more reliable for the service, right? And and the, and the planes became more reliable, they could start to carry people. And as they started to carry mail, they're carrying people. And you and I, you know, today are getting on planes to fly all over for for vacation, for business. And you know, we we help to help create this infrastructure of what we see today as the aviation industry, the OCR world of optical character reading. Uh, we had mechanization in the '60s, but when the OCR world came about, that technology was used, or variants of that was used in in the banking industry to you know read you know checks. We read it to read mail, but you know, it, it's it's that sort of thing that we're we're, we're moving into to really say how. How do we always become an innovator? How do we always become an innovator and, and become relevant and then be a Kickstarter for commerce for the country? I, I'd like to say that there are a few uh, e-commerce com- companies that uh, when they started, they started in their kitchen mm-hmm. and they used to come down in their jeans and flannel to a, to a post office and they would throw a bunch of packages on top of the counter at the post office, at their local post office, and they would ask us to rate them up and, and, and send them out. And they got a little bit bigger they got a little bit bigger, they got a little bit bigger and it, it became, you know, maybe a little too big to bring through the front door. Let's do it through a pickup truck. Oh, let, maybe it's a little too big. Maybe we should pick it up. And now you've got e-commerce as this monster engine that is used for so many people and so many purposes. Uh, and the postal service really helped with that kickstart and really helped enable it with that, that last mile environment as well. So, you know, there, there are plenty of other entities that are out there that are doing it and, and, and um, making a, a business out of it. We're that engine to build that infrastructure and to help the country prosper over it. So re- when I talk about those innovations, it's, it's really some, somewhat, um, somewhat neat. Now we're, you know, yeah. we'll continue with e-com and we'll continue with, you know, this idea around geospatial and, you know, uh, data for mapping and things like that. I, I think there's a, you know, we do uh, in-person authentication. You can go to certain post offices right now and we're, we're, we're dabbling with some tests that allow you to go in to get a background check. And the mm-hmm. nicest part about that is you want to, you want to take your daughter's, uh, you want to be, you want to coach your daughter's soccer team and the, the, the school requires you to go get a background check rather than go to a police department, potentially you'd go to another location, i.e. a post office. And at some point you could go in there and, and, and have it done within minutes versus going into a police department where what you really want to try to do is have the police focus on public safety. Absolutely. Right? When you think about what they, what they could do, they can certainly do background checks and all of it, but, but if you can allow those infrastructures to do what they were designed to do and that's public safety and being involved in the community, there's there's really a lot of potential upside that that our infrastructure allows us to augment. Mm-hmm. And I think that's already just building on the legacy of post offices being a multi-service, a place where a lot of stuff gets done. I think that expanding that only makes perfect sense. So before we take a little bit of a left-hand turn on the pod, if people are interested, how can they uh, learn more about you, learn more about uh, what USPS has to offer? Gosh, there's a lot of ways to go about that, right? So, so we, uh, you know, listen to a podcast like this is probably helpful. I, I probably absolutely. You know, like so, this number first. number one marketing number features one. podcast. Okay, great, right? great. I, I just write burbs. I'll just say burbs. Burbs. And, 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 oh my burbs. goodness. Burbs is oh a brand. Goodness. Burbs Num- is a brand, and 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 that and I can walk away. I, you'll hear the set dead hey, silence for the next. Uh, of- 
Now, now you're seeing the depths of me and CK's uh, friendship. We go way back. We're, we're on a nickname basis. <laughs> USPS.com slash delivers. Great place for thought leadership. Great place for folks to find out. The, the part I like about the, the, the platform there is it talks about what's going on as trends that are going out there. You know, learn more about supply chain. Those that want to learn about how to market better. There are a number of learning uh, modules that are out there now that, that talk about marketing. I think we're up to uh, seven, uh, I think maybe six, maybe seven, but, but we're going to have between nine and 12 of them. And they're, they're wonderful, wonderful pieces of content that you can listen to at your leisure. And you can do so on the train in, you can do so on your, your mobile device, you know, it, you know no PC required. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, and, and I think those 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 are things I think we can push out there and 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 make available for folks. You know, at different times, there's really a lot of content that's out there uh, that, that's just available throughout .com and and throughout some of the things that we've done here. You know, ANA has been a great resource for us as well. I mean, when we look at the things we've been doing with the Masters of Marketing and, and just even the team at at ANA uh, between the podcasts, their their sessions on on data and digitization and mail and the physicalities of it. Um, there's a lot of really good programs out there that we're we're permeating ourselves with just to help businesses be better at what they want to be and mm. and and actually be more efficient and 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 just be successful. We want folks to be successful at what they are for their businesses. We like to ask all of our guests this, the more smart people we can get sharing their views on this, the better. You certainly fall into that category. So Chris, what are your thoughts on diversity, equity, and inclusion? It's really interesting. It seems to be, it's obviously a a really top top topic that's happened over the, the, the past year or two here. What's interesting about that for me is we've always taken a very active role in diversity and inclusion. And if I was to relate back to 246 years ago, the postal service was created for what they call universal service to bind the nation. And universal service to bind the nation in and of itself is this all-inclusive way of saying, how do you include people and be equitable and, 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 accept all different people of ages and cultures and religions and, and locations of where they where they live. We've been doing this for so many years and we've been evolving. Obviously, you know, we, we've evolved with the time. So I'd argue maybe, you know, 246 years ago, we, we, were, we were X, we were a certain way. And, but, but the design in our charter was really about universal service for all and binding a nation. And what better way than to you know say this idea around diversity and inclusion. How do you unite? How do you unite everyone, right? And, mm-hmm. and that helps us unite as, as a country. At one point, the NAACP had suggested that the Postal Service actually helped to create uh, the African-American middle class. So when you think about that, it's really powerful. Yeah, that's incredible. You know, it was never something that was formalized. If you put good, I don't wanna say policies, if you put a good culture in place within your organization, if, it's a, if your organization, your brand has a, has a strong culture of diversity and inclusion, or you, you, you've, you've made your, your mantra part of that, you will, you will by in and of itself build and create the right environment. And I, and I think that it's, it's really, I've been, very, uh, I've been very fortunate and very, very proud to be able to, to look up and say, wow, this, this is an amazing thing. And, it, and there are a lot of entities right now that are out there that are doing some, 
some amazing things and they're being very active and, and very uh, uh, vocal and, and aware, right? Because it's, it's, it's an awareness mm-hmm. play mm-hmm. At, at this point. Uh, but also, how are they actually executing on it? The Postal Service has been executing on it. Um, and I would argue that uh, uh, we will continue to execute on that, that, um, that effort. I've got a Postmaster General here that's, uh, that's all about employees. Uh, there's not a day that doesn't go by that if I'm running into him, he's, you know, he's, he's like, Hey, it's our, it's building the culture, building our employee base. Our employees are what make us who we are. And, and, and that's true. That's true. We are, we are uh, no, no better than our, our, the employees that we, we work with every day, just an amazing, amazing opportunity to be able to do that. And I feel very, uh, very fortunate, if you will, to, to be able to 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 ha- be able to say that we we actively do it. Our ads. So if it, when you go out and see our ads, our print ads, our digital and in our our linear TV uh, video that that we put out, any scene that you see with a an employee scene, a carrier, a retail associate, a clerk, a mail handler, a mail processor, those are real employees. That's we awesome. we 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 believe they're the best talent for the for those roles. And what what a better way to show that? And and when we do it, we show the the breadth of the diversity in our employees, which is really it, 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 it's super exciting for me because it's easy, right? It's mm-hmm. just it's just an easy thing to be able to do to say, let's just go to our base, find our six hundred forty thousand employees, and find some really wonderful people. And there's a ton of them out there. So it just being able to put them in there and then having them go back to their offices. You know, their friends and family get to see them. Their, their fellow colleagues get to see them. They, they, they get a little charge out of it, right? It's, it's yeah, fun. I can imagine. That's super cool. That's super cool. And that's awesome. I mean, that really kind of shows you is if you set out on the right path, sometimes all you got to do is just keep going. I mean, to get that accolade from the NAACP and not have it be from a program or an initiative, it was just, well, that was business and we kept doing business. And to just even be mentioned in that is something to be incredibly proud of across all 640,000 of you. Uh, so just more kudos coming your way. But- and, and the one nice thing about that too is, is we just did it. It's not about, it's mm-hmm. not about announcing it or anything. It's just, yeah. Just, yeah. And, and that's, that's the one thing I would recommend for other brands to think about, you know, create the culture, just do it, make it happen and, and, and it will happen. And you got to consistently build it so that it constantly is, is there. Yeah. And it shines through, you know, live it and it shines through like live it and you don't need the messaging campaign. It just becomes self self reflective. That is awesome. That is awesome. However, now we got to stop being nice. Now we got to stop being civil. The gloves are off. Not that I was wearing them before. It's the moment of truth. My friend, are you, are you ready for this? You know, I, I, um, I'm going to step away for a moment. Absolutely not. There's this a moment of no return, no return, no return, Chris. You knew the rules. You, <laughs> you knew the rules about, when I you started this podcast. It was so I was torn. I was torn with yeah. the, the idea of like what what makes the right what makes the right answer here. I mean, is there? A right you know answer? what you did. You know what you did, Chris. You screwed your courage to the sticking point, and you're here. So there's here. no turn. You didn't come this far just to come this far, Chris Karpenka, <laughs> Executive Director of the United States Postal Service. What is your favorite album of all time and why? That, you know, it, it raised so many. I, I, I don't want to say I agonized over this, but I really, you really, say it. I, I kind of agonized over it. I kind of, I guess, where do I want to go? Where do I, do I want to go to my the days of rock? Do I want to go to my days of rap? Do I want to go to my days of, 
you know, classical, th- there were so many things that, you know, I, I just kind of, each one has its own special place, right? Absolutely. Hey, Burbs, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you. Know, Lay down, you know, CK. The, 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 the idea behind, you know, it, what's nice about this is you, you holding the host, you know, side of the house. It's a great opportunity to ask because you're asking us. You know I mean, I, I, I got to understand. You don't even have to tell me which one it is, but I got to ask you if you're if you yourself agonize over figuring out which one you have. So for the first year of this podcast, I just got a kick out of asking people and like seeing them squirm. We didn't even used to warn people. We used to just drop it on them. But I'm yeah. not that cruel of a person, so I thought giving them the heads up. But in we year two, I realized we, we, we know where you live. We, we do, live. you do. Good Lord. Oh, no. This is now I'm in a whole new batch of trouble. Um, but, you know, in the past few months, I actually did start thinking, like, if somebody ever asked me that, that would really. So I've spent some showers just staring into the middle distance and and trying to figure out how I would find my way here. So, listen. I give you the kudos to what you're about to do. It's very brave. You're leaving a lot of loved ones behind. It's, you know, I, I, here's the thing. I, I, you are amazing at, at repositioning this, which I appreciate that. <laughs> I give you a lot of, a lot of, I try, you know, I'm, I'm here for you, Chris. I went through a couple of different things, a couple of different things on my end. I, you know, I, I thought first, one of the things when I, when I was thinking postal, you know, mm-hmm. when, I, when I was thinking postal, I'm like, Hey, why don't I just go with uh, yes. And 90120 pretty unique sort of album. Yeah, in its I'd own say way, so. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, the, 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 the second round was my, my, my like, well, you know, where's my inspiration coming in? You know, my youth, you know, journeys escape, you know, don't stop believing, mm-hmm. you know, which, which is, you know, who, who doesn't, who doesn't enjoy a belt of that when, you oh, know, yeah. when, when, when you're doing it. And then the, the random one, the one that, that probably is probably the, it, it's probably a really random environment for me and i don't think i've ever really told anyone this oh my so, god you know like like you know it's because because i am a, you know i love i love classical music i love hans zimmer and, and stuff but but the one that really was unique and it's not new in the sense but i think the rendition is unique but it comes from are you ready for this ready for this i don't even know and no endorsement necessary it comes from reader's digest it's called a nature's serenade and it's a version of Vivaldi's Four Seasons. And I am the biggest, biggest fan of this. And it's the most random thing in the world. You will not. You, That's it, incredible. That I'm going to have to put my team on that and see if we could track that down. But uh, yeah, this is, this is one for the books. That's really cool, though. That's like an amazing bit of kismet that it came your way through that like that's wild it is it is and and, and it was you know it, it's it's uh, all, you know it's, it's the music and it's got some some video tied to it i can't play it loud enough mm. and, and i just really just enjoy the, the the essence of it and don't get me wrong i'm a vivaldi fan in general but this particular one is the one i would uh i would i would go with so if you can uh if you can find that one um, i'm gonna put, like i, I, I said, highly I'm- recommend it I've got a crack team of music experts. We're going to, we're going to get down to it. We're probably not going to be able to play it for the uh, podcast because we have a, a clearance budget of zero, but right, I right. want, and, and, I want to blast it in my neighborhood. So, so one of my folks on this end have just looked it up and, and have found it. He's got, he's got it right here. It's a, there it is. Reader's Digest classical collection, the four seasons. Look at that. It's, it's right, 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 right there, right there. I like the VHS version of it. Because I don't think it comes in anything else other than a VHS word. I kept, I'm going to tell you right now, I kept my VHS just to play it. 
Oh my good. Is there like is there visuals that that correspond yes. to it? Or is yes. oh that's yes, yes, so yes. Cool. that's the one you want. That's the one you so if I could somehow get Reader's Digest to give me a digital version of that, I would be incredibly uh, indebted to them. You know what? If I find one, I'll send it to you in the mail. <laughs> We're going we're gonna to ease it down now. We're going to bring it back to the present. Um, what are you listening to now? Whether it's an artist, whether it's a song, a podcast, maybe you're reading a book. That's a great question. So uh, the current book that I've been reading is called Relentless. And it's uh, The Forensics of Mobsters Business Practices by uh, Gerald Zimmerman. And he, he's actually one of my former B-school professors. And um, That's so cool. I, 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 a side note, you know, Jerry and, and the team of academics that, that I had had a number of years ago, we won't date it um, for me, but a number of years ago, uh, really um, over at uh, the Simon School of Business, you gave me this whole different way of thinking and, and you know, looking at, you know, data and being analytical. And it, but, but it's an incredibly uh, interesting read. So uh, it's, it's a fun read for me. And it just kind of gives me like this other idea of like, let's not just talk about corporate America. Let's just talk about uh, the, uh, the corporate America of the dark side, if you will. And, and, and how entities, you know, create their corporate structures and they build uh, infrastructure and rules and, and all sorts of hierarchy that we do in traditional mainstream entities and brands. So really interesting to, 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 uh, to do. And of course, Burbs, uh, we're listening to you. On, on the on the podcast oh, come on I, I, now. It's a, come on it's a fun uh, fun sort of way to, to do this so <laughs> you can listen to other people squirm and squeam while they have to say what their favorite album <laughs> yes. of all time is that's yeah. always come for the marketing insights stick around for the favorite <laughs> album question chris ck my dude thank you so much this has been such a an illuminating conversation and a hell of a lot of fun if i do say so myself thank you for being a guest on the Marketing Futures Podcast. Hey, thank you. It's been a lot of fun. Let's do this again. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Marketing Futures Podcast. Have an idea for a topic or guest for a future episode? Shoot us a note at marketingfutures at ana.net. Be sure to subscribe to the Futures Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. And as always, if you're looking to get smart on the future, point your browsers to ana.net slash futures.